Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Los Angeles, California, with my co-host, Joey Nocho Prano. Good morning, Andy. Bright sun today, Joe. It's a nice, it's a warm one out there. Yeah. Yeah. It is, which should be nice, because I have mostly had low to mid-60s until yesterday. It's a nice day yesterday. We went to the Dodgers game. Uh, hot one. Hot one at Chavez Ravine. Oh, yeah. And it uh, looks like you'll get a nice couple days here for the, for the last portion of your trip. They wanted you to experience L.A. for the people, for the culture. And now, of course, a last second reminder of the weather. What was the people and culture that I've experienced? I don't know. Well, you went to the Dodger game. You've seen a lot of your friends. I have. You... You know, ran on the beach. You stayed at a hotel on the beach. You went out to a Mexican restaurant, got enchiladas, seafood enchiladas. I want to say something. Where's the best seafood enchiladas you can get in Cincinnati? That's what I was about to say. Sam's Club? No, the thing I miss most, not most, the the weather for sure is number one as far as general living in Southern California. The Mexican food, I'm sure there's good spots in Cincinnati, and I've had some good Mexican food, but the abundance of good Mexican food spots, the options, man. And and something hit me yesterday, and and I would would love some response from some of the Mexican dirtballs. Can you eat Mexican food and be healthy? Like, it is impossible. I was thinking about that. Yeah. Like, what is a healthy Mexican food dish? Oh, you know what you can... I mean, I don't know about healthy. I think a lot of Mexican food, like, even if it's not, like, health... Like, even if it's not, like, super greasy or whatever, you're going to have a lot of... You're going to have a lot of sodium. Yeah. But, like, how about uh, how about the shrimp cocktail, the cocktail of the Camarones, where you just, like, get the... You know, the soupy ceviche shrimp cocktail with a, on, on some chips. That's our healthy food? Well, I'm just saying, at least it's seafood. You know, you don't have the big, you don't have the big, uh, you know, tortilla. But yeah, comparatively, like a chicken burrito is probably like some rice, some beans, some guacamole. Like that, where, that's, that's relatively healthy compared to like a cheeseburger, right? But where's the greens? Like, like I'm serious. I'm thinking what in a lot I of mean, side salad. You, I mean, what do you need? Like, where's the greens when you eat a, you know, a nice fat steak? You got to put the greens on the side. Sure. Unless you're getting a salad. Like, where's the greens in anything? True, but take take like Asian food. You can mix in. It, it's it's. It's Are we almost, talking stir fry. 
Yeah, but it's almost part of the dish. You know, the vegetables, not just stir fry. You know, a lot of different, you know, dishes incorporate the vegetables. I don't. I'm just. I mean, th- are, are we? Are, are you literally talking? Are we going, Andy? Are you talking like beef and broccoli here? I don't know what I'm saying. I just know that. I don't know what you're saying either. I love Mexican food, but it hit me last night. I I looked, and of course they have ensaladas, you know, salad on the menu. I just, I always just go right past that. Yeah. So you you answered your own question. Where are the greens in the section that you cruise past? Yeah. Now we have to discuss the nacho. The nacho bonanza. At Dodger that, Stadium. That Michael Majid ordered. If we're talking food. I have made some reckless decisions regarding food. Your most recent one, probably in a post-pandemic world, sharing a finger bowl of nachos with Michael Majid at the Dodger game. I, I mean, I, I literally thought they would ban family-style helmet nachos. In, in a post-COVID world. You imagined passing back and forth a batting helmet <laughs> full of stadium nachos. It's really remarkable. After you got, you, you, should we go bowling? You guys want to like... It's really remarkable. But Majid gets there. Majid, we pick up Majid. We go to the ballpark. Majid for, says, for the record, I love how his name is technically pronounced Majid. We've got, Goldberg says Majid. We've just owned it. It's Michael Majid. I thought it was Majid, technically pronounced Majid, and then, you know, got Americanized for Majid. But either way, I call him Majid. Okay. Michael. Miguel Majid. Uh, he gets there. He's He mentions on the way in he hasn't had breakfast, maybe. Hasn't had lunch. Hasn't eaten all day. Hasn't eaten all day. I go immediately to the stand. I get myself some peanuts and a tall beer. You know, it's a baseball game. It's like my first one of the year. My first one in a year. Peanuts, tall beer. I'm like, Majid, you want anything? Standard. Yeah. He's like, yeah. And then he's like, no. He bails from line. He bails from the taco line. Yeah, he bails from the line I was in. And he goes to, I don't know, in search or whatever. I no, think sorry. He went, he went to the taco line. He went line. to the taco line. And then he bailed from the taco line and went elsewhere? The, I don't know. The line was too long. He came back to the seats. Came back to the seats. Then left again. With, with me. With you. And I say, same thing, I hadn't eaten. I said, I just need a Dodger dog and water. It's a hot day. It's like 80 degrees. We're in the sun. He says, I think I'm going to get the nachos. Can you help me with them? Can you help me with them? Like carry them. And I'm thinking, help. And he gets, they sell at Dodger Stadium, like you're saying, a grown adult batting helmet. It was nineteen ninety five. Yeah, twenty dollars, just loaded. Loaded. They, I, I believe they call them the loaded nachos. Yeah. I mean, he came back with a batting helmet that had, I would say, roughly thirty to forty just jalapenos in it, easily, including all the meat and the sour cream and the cheese and the whatever. And he was. He turned to me at some. First of all, he was digging in. You were digging in almost immediately. Well, hold on. I, you know, I was, I was. And then he turns to me. He's like, "You want? Do you want some nachos?" And I couldn't think of anything that I, I thought would, you know, scare me more. But I saw one chip resting on top 
with a bunch of meat on it. I was like, I'm going to take this, and then I'm ejecting myself from this. Please do not ask me about these nachos again. But you made the comment, it is very funny. They're they're a lot stricter at Dodger Stadium than the Red Stadium. Pod seating. Well, I think every stadium has that. I had that when I went to the Reds game. But, for example, you had to get your parking ticket, your parking pass, ahead of time. Right. No cash. And you made the comment, wait a second. No, cashless everything, separated seating, masks on the w- walkways, masks on the way in. Also, if all of Section 27 wants to dip their unwashed <laughs> hands into a, gi- a gigantic adult batting helmet and pull out a and pull out a fucking nacho chip like they're doing a 50-50 raffle, go for it. That was a comment. It was so spot on. We're going to take all these precautions, but we're going to give you the biggest thing of nachos, which clearly has to be shared. Yeah. And and it was so big that, like, I feel like the reasonable way it gets purchased is, like, somebody buys it for their whole section and then passes it like the basket at church. Like, take a chip, pass it on. Take a chip, pass it on. Like, this is Section 27's nachos. But instead... Majid ate like 70% of these nachos. No, like 90. Majid took down that nachos. And then immediately was like, I don't feel good. I'm like, you ate a group's amount of nachos out of a batting helmet, out of a plastic batting helmet. And then at the end of the game, he washes out the batting helmet to take it home. Yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable. To take it home, to wear it. He wore it for three innings. <laughs> I mean, it's unbelievable. The people that were in the bathroom as he was cleaning out a batting helmet must have been like, bro, you lost your kid. And he's like, nope, no kid with me. Just me cleaning this batting helmet for my own personal wearing. They for sure think he's the Make-A-Wish kid. Yeah. At the game. Yeah. I've, you, I've never in my entire life seen someone cleaning out their nacho batting helmet in the bathroom so that they can take it home. Yeah. I think they should serve, you know, the, the little helmet they use for like the ice cream sundae? I think that should be their new nacho thing. You should get, like, personal things. So it's like if you want the big nachos, you just get six of those helmets so you can pass them to your friends. Here's a little baby helmet for you. Here's a little baby helmet for you. They, I mean, the 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 nacho stand at Dodge Stadium was like, how many forks do you want? Like, how many forks do I want? How many people do you think should be digging into one thing of nachos? But you can't pay in cash. Right. Can't pay cash. The lady, what was hilarious for me, I went and got a beer, and the lady handed me the full can. And, you know, they used to open it, and now she was like, you have to open it before you leave here. I was like, before I leave here, I have to open this beer. She's like, yeah. I'm like, this makes no sense. But the, the thing is. Why is that? Uh, well, first of all, I think they, I think, if I'm not mistaken, the opening the beer and the taking the cap off of your water or your sodas is so you can't throw a full projectile at a player or at the field. That's correct. Which is ridiculous because guess what? If you take, uh, you know, if you pop open the top of my 36 ounce tall boy, I could still make that to the field from the upper deck. Like it's not going to have that much of a tail coming off it. And then I was like, what am I doing with this? If you, if I leave it closed, like storing this in my pocket, bringing it home, Lady, I don't want a twenty dollar beer. I'll get I'll get the same beer outside for eight cents. Dude, the prices. 
I know we do this every time. They they are so out of control. Do you know how much a bottle of water cost? Six dollars. Four seventy five. Yeah, it was. What was it? It was five twenty five. It was six seventy five. Wow. A, for, for a big bottle. A, Sixteen ounces. That's not that big. A sixteen ounce bottle of water was six seventy five. Well, they have limited seating these days. I gotta say, no, I, that, that has nothing to do with right. It. I love pod seating. Pod seating is the best thing ever. I told you. I mean, it was basically a regular Dodgers game. It was about thirty five percent full, but they but sc- scattered perfectly. I mean, I had my feet Wait. fully extended on the seats in front of me the whole game. Eating peanuts, getting the shells all yeah. in front of us, seats in front of us. I told you, I love pod seating too. You don't got to be near people. Spread out, stretch your legs. We watched uh, a good game for like seven innings. Oh, boy. Then your Reds. I mean, I've never seen a, just in the last week, I've never seen a team with an ability to give up just chunks of runs. I mean, I've seen, you know, the Mets have had bad bullpens over the years and blown, th- but like you guys give up six, eight, ten runs in extra innings late in games. Like it's nothing. Yeah. The game was 2 nothing heading into the bottom of the eighth. Gray pitched well. Kershaw pitched well. And then I knew it. Can I say one other thing about Do- Dodger Stadium and Dodger fans? That it took uh, it took years for me to finally settle on this. But I am, I am fi- I, and I've seen this happen there. And I've always thought about it. But yesterday was the day. I, I'm prepared to make it official. Dodgers fans are the worst fans in baseball when it comes to judging a home run. Oh my versus, god! Like, yo, that's a pop up to the third baseman. How like, many times did that happen? Like, like seven times. And honestly, I think it's that just it's just a it's simply a matter of the more baseball you watch in person, the more you're going to realize that not every ball that's hit in the air is going to be a home run. But they get there in the third, and they leave in the sixth, so they're watching like a third of the amount of baseball as the average baseball fan. And, they, I mean, we saw one that was literally a foul pop out to third. and Our section. Uh, the the majority of the stadium was like, ah, oh, oh, just, just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. Whereas I felt... Justin Turner's solo home run, which the minute he hit it, we all knew that's yeah. gone. They didn't understand that one. Yeah, it was hit too. It was hit too low for them. It was a line drive to them. Yeah, they, they think the high ones are the ones that go out. Yeah, not the far ones. It's it's a it's a distance. It's not a height, guys. Yeah, the higher a ball hit, as Andy would say, too high. Sure. So you think Dodger fans? I think they might be the least qualified. I think I think if you put thirty-two average baseball fans in a room or in a stadium and then like had them cheer when they thought a ball was going out of the ballpark, I think the Dodgers fans would fail that most. Well, often. I I definitely think it's it's being at games like you said, and we discussed it. We were kind of all asking and debating how many baseball games we think we've been to in our in our life professional baseball games. And I think we all came to the conclusion at least 150. Yeah. Yeah. I said at one point, I said, I, I've definitely been to 200 plus 
professional baseball games of some sort, whether they be major league, minor league, you know, a stadium with guys getting paid to play baseball. Sure. Well, you figure, like I said, if I've been going to games for, let's just say, 30 years, and it's been more than that, if you say average five games a year, that's 150 games. Yeah. And yes, in that time, I have usually been, at this point, pretty accurate of what could be a home run, what would be a fly out, what would be a pop out. The Dodgers fans, man. I mean, listen, a guy, there was one point where a guy hit a bomb to the wall, it gets caught, or it goes off the base of the wall. Like, yeah, I get it. You thought that ball was going out. There was literal short pop-outs. And Dodgers fans like, yo, he did it again, fool. <laughs> That's my Jacques Peterson. First of all, he got traded to the Cubs. He got signed by the Cubs. Second of all, that's a fly out to third base. <laughs> it's a pop. Yo, Seager! Seager's not even playing. It's Gavin Lux. He's playing shortstop today. Oh, it's too funny. Oh, my goodness. Dodger Stadium is probably a top five stadium for me, though. It, I, it's a beautiful I, park. I would say it's definitely hovering in that realm yeah. for me. I love Dodger Stadium. I think Dodger Dodger Stadium is the best stadium for its age probably ever. I mean, sure. I know there's a history of Wrigley and there's a history of Fenway and it's and 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 I actually love both of those ballparks too. Um but Dodger Stadium being now the third oldest ballpark in the league, it you don't have to watch a game there like it's an old ballpark. It's pretty, you know, they renovated it. It's in shape. It's clean. You know, great sight lines from the decks. Great sight lines from the from the seats. Great view just of, you know, surrounding Los Angeles. I love Dodger Stadium. Top five, it's probably right around there. But, but yeah, I, I love, I think Dodger Stadium, underrated. And I fucking have come to hate the Dodgers and their clown shoes wearing fans. Yeah, well, the, just the yesterday we it's a hot day, but it's a clear day. You get the mountains in the background. Just the whole environment, and atmosphere. It's pretty awesome. It's, I agree. It's it's top five. If I really, you said your favorite would be the Giant Stadium. I and that that's up there. And uh, I w- I wouldn't argue that. It's a great ballpark. Yeah, that's. You know, I take all the things into consideration too. Like we were talking about on the approach to Dodger Stadium, like. It's it's in the city, but you have to drive to it. You know, you can't just walk in the front door of Dodger Stadium, even if you yeah. even if you park down on Sunset, or even if you're you know uh, somewhere nearby. Like you, you're a hike and a half from the stadium. So those ballparks where you're just in the city and walk right in, San Francisco, you walk off the street, you walk out of a bar into a ballpark. I mean, they've got the, you know, the McCovey Cove there. They've got, it's a beautiful stadium. Like, all the surrounding, even in-stadium stuff school. Not as much open sight lines in the stadium portion, but out on those out on those catwalks in the outfield are great. That That's up there for me. I said yesterday, I haven't been to Camden Yards in a long time, but I was blown away the first time I did go to Camden Yards. I would love to see how it stacks up against... Um, 
against some of the ballparks that have been made since. I love Coors. I liked uh, Houston. I like I love Petco. Um, I love City Field. Um, I'm trying to think of what else is a standout. Those those are my standouts, and and obviously I still have a, a few left to go to. I liked Seattle a lot, but probably not top five. Well, I am going this summer. I've decided to American Family Field, formerly known as Miller Park, to catch a Reds Brewers game. Add it to my list. Should have always been Miller. We agree. Well, I think. Listen, when you're the Miller Brewing Co., um, you only have so much money to spend, and I think that they're seeing that the drop in the bucket money that they spend um, advertising on the Dirty Sports Podcast makes them probably tens, if not hundreds of times the money that they make spending tens of millions of dollars to sponsor a ballpark. You go there, you know, you're in Milwaukee, like people just go, oh, Miller Park. No one walks into City Field and goes, now I need to sign up for a Citibank account. You know what I mean? Yeah. No one's like, I'm going to change my, uh, you know, corporate computing now that I've walked into Oracle Park or whatever Oracle does. But people listen to the Dirty Sports Podcast, hear us talk about Miller Lite, and they're like, I need a Miller Lite. So, honestly, if they're reappropriating their money and giving it more to us and less to, you know, ludicrous ballpark naming, I'm here for it. Yeah. Because you have been a supporter of Miller Lite. Before we started working with them, you're going to be a supporter of them till the day you die. Correct. And, you know, when I eventually own my own minor league team, uh, I hope that they'll reserve Miller Park for, for that experience that I provide my fans. Because, Andy, you know, you just mentioned it, but I have been pushing for years prior to them sponsoring our show for Miller to sponsor because I'm going to promote them either way. Yesterday at the ballpark, just a Miller light in hand, sun shining, peanuts crunching, Dodgers fans screaming about pop outs to third. Like what a what a great American experience. Exactly. On a nice warm Wednesday afternoon. So next time you're getting beers with friends, make it Miller time. Luckily you can pick up some Miller Light pretty much anywhere they sell beer. Or go to MillerLite.com forward slash Dirty Sports to find delivery options near you. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. You know, Andy, I, I Instagrammed yesterday. Day baseball and tall beers. The world is heal- healing. And I say this every episode now. And I'm going to say it again. This could be part of our Miller Lite ad or just take it as, you know, a, a true request from me. If Phil, the, the Internet is a cesspool of hate. But the, the, the thing that balances that out is when somebody sends me a picture of a Miller Lite and in the background is some sunny landscape, whether it be a ballpark or a golf course or their boat or you know, them them out in, you know, going fishing. Anytime I see sunshine, that golden Miller Lite top, and somebody goes, hey, 
Joe Prano, just want you to know I'm drinking this beer because you told me to. Out here watching a game. Out here watching, you know, the the fish jump. Out here watching my golf balls get struck. It just, it just, it's it's the it it fills up my cup, as they say, Andy. No pun intended. Yeah, it's a good pun though. Yeah. Yeah, or just the backyard relaxing, you know. Yeah. Chilling out, maxing, relaxing, all cool. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was nice to get out. It really was. I, I agree. My one gripe, I had a, a mini meltdown getting into the stadium. Yeah, you had a, you had a couple mini meltdowns yesterday. You're a very triggered person when you're in the car. I mean, you did a ten minute rant yesterday after seeing somebody somebody's bumper sticker that just said like vote. No, and you're no. Like, what are you doing, bro? No, no, it's just are you convincing anybody to vote. It's it's just, dude. I just and told- then you were in the line for Dodger Stadium. You're like classic Newsom. <laughs> I didn't mention Newsom. You're an asshole. I didn't mention Newsom. No, I I don't get the, I don't I don't get the the yard signs, or the the bumper stickers. I said to you, what is the end game? When someone has a yard, I brought it up at dinner last night too with my buddy. I said, when your yard sign says "Love is love," science is real, all those, it's like, and they're everywhere, including my neighborhood on the street where I live in. You know that sign I'm talking about. My my, I haven't seen science is real, but I I believe that it exists. It's something like that. It'll say like "Love is love." Under it says like "Science is real" or "Science is science," and it's got a few different things. My question to you, and I don't think you really gave me an answer, was what is the end game well, of did, that person? I did give you an answer, but you don't you don't like it, which is typically yard signs, bumper stickers, bracelets, buttons, ribbons, all that stuff. You tend to receive those in exchange for a donation to a cause. And therefore, let's say you had a, I don't know what cause, love is love supports, but yard all of those things you just listed, what, what I think you would define as like, you know, theater, usually comes with a donation to a cause. And therefore, you get that, you showed off, maybe somebody walking down your street goes, I too want a, uh, you know, Biden for president yard sign. And then you go, well, you got to donate to his campaign if you want to get one of those. And then you do. And then, you know. It it continued. It's a fundraising process. So so this was the popular one, and I and I like I said, you see them everywhere. This was the popular one last summer. We believe Black Lives Matter. No human is illegal. Love is love. Women's rights are human rights. Science is real. Water is life. Injustice. Water is, a- is life. That's a hot take. This is my point. Injustices anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. My point is. That's a lot of different things. Yeah. You're covering a lot of different topics here. I think that one I think that one's telling your neighbors, fuck you, I'm not a you know, hateful dickbag. Yeah. I think but, that's one of those like but, but, I'm but, growing this tree and it's hanging over your fence lines. Yeah, but see, when I see this sign, I'm like, dude. Why why do you need a yard sign to tell me some things you believe? Like, I just think it's so ridiculous. And it, and it goes it goes on all sides. 
Do you see what I'm saying, though? I mean, I do, but you're also wearing a Nirvana shirt. You know, why do you need it? Like, couldn't you just listen to Nirvana in your car? What do you? What, what do you? What are you? What are you telling people? You I have, think you have good musical taste. I, no, I think it's different. And just like I specified yesterday, someone putting up a political yard sign is different than this. If you put up a Joe Biden or Trump yard sign, cool. You're you're letting the world know this is who you support. I differentiated yesterday to you on that. I think that is different than this. This is like, look how good I am. I love everyone. It's like you're kind of an asshole for doing that. I mean, the crazy thing with that sign is that, you know, it doesn't seem like things that people would argue with, but that that's the world we live in today. It's like triggering the people who do disagree with that. Like, there are people out there who are like, well, listen, depends who I'm loving. You know, what do they look like? What what color are they? What's their gender selections? What is their pronouns? Like, I don't believe in that. But my again, my response would be it's like what triggered me yesterday. It wouldn't trigger a lot me. of things. A lot of things. Again, you were triggered. You, you were triggered at the entrance to Dodger Stadium. Well, that's you know, I, that always triggers me. It, it's just it's very frustrating. I said I wanted to be there for opening pitch. And we were. We were there. Was it efficiently run? Well, I mean, what's efficiently run these days? The parking was kind of a shit show. Oh yeah, no, no, there's. I just told you why Dodger Stadium isn't in my top five because you got you have to drive up some random hill with a cop standing there going like, "Go whatever way you want." I don't. Let's be honest. I'm not. I'm not actually doing anything here. I'm here to collect a paycheck and shoot somebody that might walk out of the stadium with a beer. You had to go there. You just had to go there, Joe. Yeah, that will hurt them in the rankings, for sure. In fact, I would argue that's the biggest knock on Dodger Stadium. Entering and exiting the stadium. You know what I mean? I mean, that one time you... you <laughs> what? I don't even know what's happening. The one time we left the Dodgers-Mets playoff game, you had to yeah. take a leak. Oh, yeah. It was so backed up, the guy took a shit in the woods. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I remember getting out of the stadium and it was like two hours. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. What are we doing here? But overall, it's a great stadium. I mean, just get it together, Dodgers fans. Just know what a flyout is. Know what a pop-out is. A flyout's one thing. A deep flyout. Listen, I, I understand excitement. A 35-year-old man, you know, in a Jock Peterson jersey. Literally jumping out of his seat at a pop foul pop out to the third third baseman. You know what it turn, is? Turn down for fly balls. I mean, I know we say turn down for never, but that should have a little footnote, except for pop outs to third base. Turn down for those. You know what it is to do a throwback. It's a stadium full of yo, John Jay. Yeah. John Jay, John Jay. Yo, John Jay. John Jay, John Jay. At least he knew John Jay's name. At least he knew his first name. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of excitement today. It's the NFL draft. I'm excited. Are you? I am. I'm very excited. I'm excited to see where all these quarterbacks go. I'm excited to see who the Giants take. I'm excited to see who the Patriots take. Um, I, I think those the big stories for me is that there's five quarterbacks. Three of them will likely go top three. Yeah. Will... Atlanta be taking somebody four 
Will they be going with Pitts from Florida, who everybody is calling like literally the best rated player to come out of college in forever? Um, and but it seems like the top five or six is pretty uh, like there's a consensus around it. And and we're going over to Andy Lazes. I'm going over to Andy Lazes. I think you're joining. Um, and I'm specifically going for one reason, and that is to be there for him so he doesn't hurt himself if they take Mac Jones at three or to be there to celebrate with him if they don't take Mac Jones at three because he really doesn't want Mac Jones at three. And yet it seems as though the consensus right now, I, I looked at, I would say, 10 mock drafts this morning. The consensus seems to be Lawrence, Wilson, Jones, Pitts, I think uh, since he is five. Correct. Uh, Sewell from Oregon, Oregon seems to be the consensus five. Jamar Chase at six to the Dolphins seems to be the consensus. And then it starts getting a little wild. A lot of people have, the, and to me, these are the things. So those three quarterbacks go top three. That that's I mean obviously a lot can change trades can be made or whatever but a lot of the mock, mock drafts I have have Denver and the Pats moving and or having guys come to them having Denver and the Patriots take the other two quarterbacks and those other two quarterbacks being Fields and Lance. Why would he be so anti Mac Jones? The, the basically where we're at with Mac Jones is by far the least upside of anybody, by far the least athleticism of anybody, by far the least arm strength of anybody. But the flip side of the coin of the argument is the smartest, the best game manager the best prepared to win right now. And if you watch Dan Arlovsky, who I know you loves, uh, take on Kyle Shanahan's press conference, it was he believed, and now Kyle Shanahan could certainly be putting people off the scent of what they want, but Orlovsky believed if Shanahan is telling the truth that he wants somebody to win right now, that that's his him showing his hand and saying we're taking Mac Jones. I really think it's a crapshoot. I say this every year. You don't know. None of us know. I was watching. They were doing a thing when I was at my hotel this weekend. They were going through all the different drafts. It was a good background noise from the 90s. And they were breaking them down. And some of the behind-the-scenes stuff that I never knew about. You don't know. That's my point of the consensus is Trevor Lawrence is the number one, then Zach Wilson, correct? Correct. Although, you know, that seems to be the consensus too, and a lot of people are like, well, because that's the consensus, it won't happen because the Jets fuck everything up. Then you have, what, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Mac Jones. You got all these quarterbacks. So it's basically those five. You you don't know, and also, the team matters. Yeah. Oh, well, that's for sure. And the if, fit if matters you, and what you're trying to do, how quickly you're trying to win. So, yeah, these guys having upside 
versus whatever. Like Trey Lance, I think has played what they say thirteen games or something like. Like he hasn't played a ton of football in college, but they love his upside as compared to Fields and Jones. My my thing is, and again, it would depend on this on the the situation that I was the GM for, but. If we know Lawrence and Wilson are going one-two, okay, let's take that out of consideration. Those guys seems to be a consensus that they're going one-two. So if you're talking about choosing between the other three, what Ohio State quarterback has been good? What Alabama quarterback has been good? One of Joe Prano's theories on quarterbacking is dominant school, never have any adversity, adversity whatsoever. I don't like it. Where's the great Miami quarterbacks from back in the day? Where's the great USC quarterbacks? Where's the great Ohio State quarterbacks? Where's the great Alabama quarterbacks? Where's the great, I mean, even when Florida was good. Where's the great, like, you you see these guys. I mean, you talk about a guy like Cam Newton. Cam Newton went to Auburn, won at Auburn. Like, Auburn went back to being, like. But, But also, Cam Newton is a good example. He did face adversity. Right. He started at Florida. He wasn't playing. He transferred. And, he he and was listen, involved in the the laptop scandal. Yeah, I'm not. I'm that. That's less of the adversity I'm talking about, as more on on field adversity of guys. But my point is, he immediately elevated at, uh, Auburn out of that group and to a championship. And have they won a championship since? No. You know, like he took the guy there. Peyton Manning, oh, Tennessee, Tennessee was so good. Tennessee was so good. Like, Peyton Manning got Tennessee back on the map, and then Tennessee wins a couple years later with T. Martin and all that. But, like, he elevates them. What has Stanford done before or after Andrew Luck? Like, we are talking about guys who elevated their schools from, you know, middle of big conferences to elite in their conference. Mac Jones... is he, you know, better or worse than, you know, any other guy who was dominant at Alabama? How's Tua looking? Well, he's one year. Give the guy. He's one year, and the and the Dolphins are, some people think, maybe drafting a quarterback still. I think there is a lot of truth in the big school thing and the lack of adversity. It's not even a big school thing for me. It's a dominant school. Like, I think if you went to a, you know, a big school, like Kentucky's a big school, but Kentucky's an SEC doormat. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I I think it's all, it's all fair. I just think it's such a crapshoot with quarterbacks. Who do you take if you're the Niners at three? The truth is I don't know, and I know that's a lame answer. I, I, I just don't know enough about it. I, I don't. I, I mean, if you take a f- just a few years ago, take Josh Allen. None of us watched him. He went to Wyoming. None of us really knew. Look how quickly he's developed. Yeah. No, I would argue almost no one saw that happening. Well, I mean, I, f- I feel like a lot of people saw it happening to some degree because he was a unanimous first rounder like you know he was he was at Wyoming and the same way you could say Trey Lance like there's a lot of 
you know, small or Division One A, Double A, or two schools out there. Like, if you put yourself on the map enough, like people are like, oh, look, Steve McNair came from nowhere. Well, he was a first round draft pick at Alcorn State or whatever. Like, people knew about him. He was legit. So that's why I think if a guy like Trey Lance or a guy like Josh Allen or a guy like Carson Wentz like even gets into this mix, into this conversation, then you know that they have crazy upside. And and the, the thing with me for the Niners is if you're Kyle Shanahan, you're Mr. Offensive Guru, why wouldn't you take somebody with crazy upside? Couldn't can't you turn Trey Lance or Justin Fields into Mac Jones in you know six games? Yeah, it's tough, man. It is because you have the big time schools with like a Justin Fields and a Mac Jones, and then you got your smaller school guys. Now, I think Justin Fields is better than any Ohio State quarterback I've seen come out. Like, you know, I, di- I didn't believe in Haskins. I didn't believe in Cardale Jones. I didn't believe in whatever. Like, Justin Fields is the best in the limited amount of time I saw him, quarterback that I've seen out of Ohio State. So, I don't want to lump him in with those guys, but you still got to say, like, who's you, he throwing the ball you to? You just dominate. Yeah. Yeah. Who's thro- who are you throwing the ball to? Who are you handing the ball off to? Who's you know, uh, who's blocking for you? How much time is the other team's defense on the field? Yeah. Well, look, and I know it's a little different because he did face a lot of adversity. Joe Burrow was throwing the ball to first-round receivers and great running backs were getting the ball. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think... And listen, I think we saw. I, I think Joe Burrow is great, but also, is is the jury in on Joe Burrow? You th- you throw the ball sixty times a game, you get hurt, uh, you're not winning a ton of football games. It's like we we know he can throw the football, but leading it. To, and listen, it's hard to lead the Cincinnati Bengals to wins. I understand that, but and I think they'll fuck it up. By the way. You think that they'll fuck up their oh, draft pick it's, tonight? It's, it's classic Bengals. I mean, I think the Bengals, they they've they've gotten served an easy selection. Just take the offensive lineman. No, they'll they'll take what's the wide receiver's name? Which one? Jamar. Uh, I mean, Jamar. The, the Waddle and Smith are the guys from Alabama. Jamar Chase is the guy from LSU. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Jamar Chase. The, the most Cincinnati Bengals thing to do would be not draft the O lineman from Oregon. And take a wide receiver and say, "Well, the the Bengals don't have, don't have enough threats at wide receiver." That'd be the most Cincinnati Bengals thing to do. Now, what is the status of your team's draft picks? I have no clue. The, the, do the Rams? Did the Rams give up their current pick for Jared Goff or for um, Matthew Stafford in the Jared Goff deal? Is that this year? Did they give up first rounders? They probably did, right? The Rams don't have a first rounder. Yeah, Jacksonville yeah. has. The Rams' 25th pick. Now, how about your Seahawks? Who are you hoping they take? <laughs> I love Russell Wilson. doesn't mean I'm diehard Seahawks. Your Chargers? What, what do you think your Chargers need to compete this year? 
Chargers are at thirteen. The Chargers, I think, have a nice squad. Yeah, they had they a do. lot. They had a lot of injuries. Who are, I, I I haven't seen the mocks for them, but like their defense is pretty good. But they could always use a little bit more defense. Obviously, they have good. Obviously, they're set at quarterback. Um, I'm not sure of the Chargers' offensive line situation, but I don't, I don't think it's a dumpster fire. Do you surround? Do do you use a pick on weapons, or is Herbert? I, I think you, I, I feel like Herbert's the kind of guy who's going to make weapons out of people. I agree. I was going to say if you have a young, talented QB, I don't get why more teams don't surround them with a protected offensive line. Sure. If I'm a GM, that's just the generic approach I'm doing because, like you said, he can make guys better. He's that good. And they have, I mean, they have a, a stud receiver in Keenan Allen, obviously. Exactly. So that would be the move. If I'm the Seahawks, same thing. You got the, you got the talent. Try to get somebody to protect Wilson. But the Seahawks also do not have a first-round pick because of the Jamal Adams trade. So the Jets get the 23rd pick. Okay. So the Jets have two first-round picks. If I'm Zach Wilson, I it just it's not a good situation, man. I mean, to be a Mormon BYU kid to go into New York with all the press. That's what I was going to say. Like. That's what I was going to say. That's a lot of pressure. Meanwhile, you know, Steve Young was a BYU kid. He was fine. Yeah, but he started in the USFL. You yeah. know, he, he, then he goes to Tampa. Yeah. Now, speaking of Tampa, who do you want your Bucks to take? You know, they obviously have the last pick of the first round. What What, what do you like? My you Bucks? Like? Yeah. I'm just going through. All, we're, we're, you know. Again, I'm a Tom Brady fan. <laughs> right. Majid called you out yesterday. He's like, he's like, you're you're basically a Gen Z sports fan. This is what Gen Zers do. They have they have they have players. They don't have teams. You know, it's Kyrie fans following him around the league. Look, as I get older, that's the truth. I, I I'm turning more into a fan of players, and obviously, if I'm rooting for a player, I end up rooting for the team because I want to see the player excel. So yeah, am I a Gen Zer? Maybe, not with baseball though. I stick with my Reds. Yeah, football. I noticed yeah. that you did not follow Trevor Bauer to the Dodgers. No, I did not. I held tight. And again, if the Brown family sells the Bengals, I'm back in, baby. Is it, that's official. If the Brown family sells the Bengals, you will become a Bengals fan again. I've said this forever. Yeah. You know, my friend Brad yesterday because he's still. He still supports the Bengals. He asked me at the game. Well, Brad had a he had a he had some Cincinnati Reds gear that he bought prior to their ninety World Series. So that man, <laughs> that man, like he is a diehard. He, is. He, he he he's not even giving up on his baseball cap. I have bought thirty <laughs> Mets hats since Brad bought his last Cincinnati Reds hat. I mean, that's that's not even a joke. I bought thirty Mets hats. Since he bought that Reds hat, it was the oldest Reds hat. It had paint on it. it. Had paint on it. the 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 sweat band was brown, the fully all the way around. Yeah, I was like, "Is that sweatband leather?" So he's from Cincinnati, you know, and he's been out here since about 2007. He supports the teams, and 
I told him, I said, it was the playoff game that him and my brother Greg decided no more. And that's known, the Andy Dalton debacle, Chargers, January 2014. I just, I honestly don't get it, how you can support a team that doesn't give a shit. The Bengals just now announced their first ever Ring of Honor. They were the only team in the NFL that didn't have their own Hall of Fame or Ring of Honor. Well, apparently people have come at us because I said the Raiders should retire, uh, uh, what's his name, Tim Brown's number, and they're saying the Raiders don't do that either? Raiders, like, is, that, is that true? They don't retire jerseys. But they have a Ring of Honor, but they don't retire your number? I don't know. Lame. Well, it's also Oakland. What do you expect? I, I I don't even know what what do I expect you to treat your like well, you you excuse me Las Vegas. You will slit the throat of people coming to your stadium roof for the other team, but you won't recognize Tim Brown's achievements for the franchise. Let me, let me see it. Yeah, they don't retire jerseys. Stupid. I don't know. This is a long article. I don't feel like reading this. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't know. Maybe they will now that they move to Las Vegas. Maybe. I really want to go to that. I really want to go to a game in Vegas this year. That looks amazing. That's 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 on my list. We we'll go to SoFi. I'm going to at least one Chargers and one is Rams game in SoFi this year. Got to go to Raiders game. That'd be nice. Be nice to go to three NFL football games this year. Two at SoFi and one at Raiders. For starters. Just a starting point. I think it'd be nice just to be back in Las Vegas. Yeah. Because when Vegas is back, the country is back. (laughs) You know, people are gambling, getting drunk, doing drugs, partying at the clubs, the outdoor pools. Having just reckless sex. I, I get. Jeez. Woo. Speaking of, I'm addicted. People think people being back. Yeah. That was a that was a sneeze and a half. The second one didn't come all the way out. Do you I think, think I popped the blood vessel? In I made neck. a I made the comment yesterday with us. Do you think? After you're vaccinated, people then are going so far the other way. Because I've caught, I've caught myself being like, Dad, we're all vaccinated. It's cool. As far as like sharing stuff that maybe even in the past, before COVID, I'm not doing. I mean, you and Majid had your hands in a <laughs> nachos batting helmet yesterday. It, it looked like the scene from Ghost. You guys were basically painting each other with nachos. You had you. He was sitting in front of the nacho bowl. You were behind him, also working the nachos. Twenty dollars for that. I packed. People can make fun of me. I packed waters when I went to the Reds game a few weeks ago. That is full dad move. Yeah, I am not. And they let you bring bring them in. Yeah, in Cincinnati, you can bring in a small, you know, bag if you. That has unopened waters or soda. Apparently, in Cincinnati, they're not as worried about you sneaking in full waters just to throw them at players. No. Which is crazy because your bullpen deserves to have full b- bottles of water thrown at them. Nightmare, man. Total nightmare. Well, I'll be coming back 
Saturday afternoon, and Joe, no lie, the first thing I'm going to do when I get back to Cincinnati is uh, examine my lawn. This is the longest I've been away. I know. You are freaking out about your lawn. And I shouldn't be because our friends at Sunday have done an amazing job in taking care of it, helping me take care of it, I should say. Guys, I tried to tell you that. I was like, Sunday's got you, dog. You're like, I got it. I need my brother over there to check in. I was like, you don't need anything. Just let Sunday do its thing. Guys, Sunday really helps make taking care of your lawn that much easier. Just go to Sunday.com, put in your address, and you'll get a free analysis, free lawn analysis, I'm sorry, that will take care of the rest all just in seconds. Sunday uses soil and climate data to create a tailored nutrient plan so you'll get all the stuff for your lawn needs and nothing it doesn't. And they send it right to your house. So it's great. It shows up in this giant box. All the different treatments that you need to apply to your lawn. And I did it in less than 15 minutes. I got a second round coming soon. And you're right. I need to I need to relax a little. I think it's the control freak in me that I'm not there. I want to make sure everything's growing. My brother texted me though. He said the grass looks amazing. Couldn't be more green. So thanks to my friends at Sunday because they have helped take care of it. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Let Sunday take the guesswork out of growing a greener, more beautiful lawn this spring. Visit GetSunday.com forward slash dirty to get $20 off your custom lawn plan at checkout. That's $20 off your custom lawn plan at GetSunday.com forward slash dirty. And as a reminder, all these links for Sunday and Miller Lite and our friends at Minimal Golf, they will all be in the description of the podcast. So if you forget the links to help support us and also support these great brands will be in the description of the podcast. We didn't mention the trade that happened yesterday. Let's let's talk about it. The Panthers have traded Teddy Bridgewater. Right. A six-round pick to the Broncos. Uh, which is, you know, I, I kind of mentioned it in passing in that the the mocks still have the Broncos trying to draft a QB. So they spend a six-rounder on Teddy Bridgewater. Now, where's Drew Locke at this point? They've given up on Drew Locke? I think the bigger question is what is going – like since Peyton Manning, what is going on with the quarterback situation in Denver? I mean, I've, I've talked about it at length. It's Kaepernick curse. This is this is like this is like the curse of the Bambino. John Elway no longer the GM. They've they've taken that title away from him. They did. Yep, I believe they handed over the GM duties to somebody else. Uh, John Elway, in some sort of Trumpian uh, distortion of reality, you know, trotted out some false story about offering Cal- Colin Kaepernick a contract, which he did not. And uh, ever since then, it's been, you know, the – I mean, how many guys have they drafted? They drafted the kid from Memphis. They had, uh, you know, they had Brock Osweiler. Kid from Ole Miss. They had the kid from Ole Miss. They have Drew Locke. They've tried everybody under the sun. And now they're, and now they're going, Teddy, two gloves? And they're going to draft another kid? Don't forget – Joe Flacco. And don't forget Trevor Seaman. Oh yeah, Simeon. Yeah. He and and what I love about Broncos fans, they've all been it. They've all been the guy. Look at Simeon. 
First game comes out. Smart Northwestern product is the future. The Brocket Launcher. <laughs> A lot of these guys, most of these guys are not in the NFL anymore. Yeah. Drew Locke. Comparing Drew Locke's first three starts to, you know, Andrew Luck. Lock, Lock. They're one letter off and one yard off in their first start ever. This is it. Are we done with Drew Locke? Is there a quarterback competition between Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater, and the guy they draft? So the Broncos are nine. So they can have a quarterback. Potentially. Yeah. I've seen Trey Lance to the Broncos on a number of things. I've seen uh, Justin Fields to the Broncos. They could have one there if they want him, but... The question is, why are they trading for Teddy Bridgewater? Because they don't have a starting quarterback right now, and it only costs them a six-rounder, and I guess you could draft one of these guys and let them back up Bridgewater for a year. So we're just out on lock? I don't know. Talk to the Broncos. I have no idea. Because it's not like they're a dumpster team. Maybe the Broncos... Uh, you know, maybe Elway did what he, uh, you know, claims that maybe he asked Drew Locke. Maybe it's like, hey, Drew Locke, we really believe in you. Would you like to take 10 percent of your salary next year? Would you like a would you like a 90 percent pay cut? And he's like, no, I, I wouldn't like that. I'd like to get paid. And it was like, fuck you then, you scumbag. We're going to go with Teddy Bridgewater. So, if they have these two guys, it's one of them's not going to be on the team. I'd assume Drew Locke wouldn't be on the team, especially if they draft a QB. And then right before them, Carolina, are they set on Sam Darnold, or do they draft somebody? I I think I think if you're if you're the Panthers, and you traded for Sam Darnold and you're building a young team and he's still young. I think drafting a quarterback there would be ludicrous. I, if I mean, this is just me as a guy who, you know, seems to think he knows what the Panthers are doing. If I'm the Panthers, I'm either taking, you know, another player that falls to you there because everybody's, trying to get these quarterbacks, trying to get these skill position players. And I get, you know, a, a defensive player. I get one of the top corners. I get whatever. Or if one of those teams that's behind you has such a boner for these quarterbacks, trade trade down. But the idea, to me, if you're trading Teddy Bridgewater for a six-round pick, you're trading for Sam Darnold, I think drafting a quarterback would be insane. I think that would be – you would just basically be like, we don't know what we want. So I I would put it at a very low percentage that the Panthers draft a quarterback. What about the Patriots? Do they try to make a move to draft a quarterback? There's a lot of talk of that. Now, do they go after Jimmy G? Well, you saw the report today that was like the, – the reports the last few days were that 
they were literally trying to get Jimmy G. Um, then there was a report that uh, that Jimmy G was offered to the Packers. Jimmy G in the three pick was offered to the Packers for Aaron Rodgers. I mean, there's a lot of Jimmy G talk out there. But if if you're Belichick, is the answer really Jimmy G at this point? Like, you can get one of these guys if you want them. Um, you sign Cam Newton. It's, it seems like if you sign Cam Newton, then you could draft a young person, a young quarterback to back up Newton for a year, learn, and then whatever. Uh, to sign Cam Newton and then trade for Jimmy G, that seems reckless. Trading for Jimmy G is going back to the X that you shouldn't go back to. Yeah. Well, it's or or is it the one that got away? They shouldn't have let him go in the first place. They did. Yeah. Now he's available again. Yeah, that's a better analogy. Yeah. But I just don't think I mean, Jimmy G can't stay healthy. He he's looked good when he's played, but like I mean, you think of the Niners the last couple of years, you don't think Jimmy G a quarterback. No. Well, in that Super Bowl, he missed a couple throws that he had to make, and they win that game. Yeah. Especially that deep pass. I forget who yeah. that was to. I I would not go back to Jimmy G if I was the Patriots. I mean, I don't know what, where Belichick's mind's at, but he is drafting in the top half of the draft for the first time in ever. So if he wanted to make a move and get one of those two guys – or three guys that aren't, you know, or two guys that are still there after the third pick. He has that ability. I, that That's one of the more interesting storylines of the draft for me. What do the Patriots do in the first round? I agree. I'm really curious. I don't see the, the Patriots. I just don't see them being down again. Not to the level it was this year. They're too good of an organization. Like two of the Patriots pull off a trade to try to move up. And who is that that they want? I, and also, there's it, it seems like they could probably stay put and get one of those five guys. I mean, and and we I'm, and really one of those two guys. Like they could probably stay put unless somebody jumps above them to get it. But somebody's gonna fall. Yeah, I I think this has been one of the more interesting drafts heading in. I got this. I don't know, man. Trevor Lawrence, even even Trevor Lawrence at one. Not not the surest thing to you. I don't want to say that. I just I don't know. I mean the the I think Trevor Lawrence again. I'm a limited college boy, but like he, he makes all the throws. He's got it's all there on paper. He's won. He's won when he was young. He's won. You know, like to me, it's as sure a sure quarterback selection at one as you can get but the big question mark for me is you're getting drafted by Jacksonville you're getting drafted by fucking Jacksonville and Urban Meyer now I know I know Swingman 9 and Raymond Ass Assy are out there being like what's wrong with Jacksonville um, but you know the it's Urban Meyer and the Jacks like it, and, and listen that's 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 where we are with the top two Team, like 
there's a reason the Jags and the Jets have won two again. Like, there's a reason these guys have a history of blowing picks because they always have high picks. Because they always stink. Would you rather go to Jacksonville or the Jets? If I'd rather go to the Jets. I mean, if if I'm Trevor Lawrence or if I'm just a player in general. or A player I'm, in general. Yeah, I mean, would I rather go to New York City or Jacksonville, Florida? I wonder why they got a franchise back in the day. That was a... Uh, that I, I and and it's weird because the the NFL did the you know Southeast Coast expansion. They like they they expanded like fully into like SEC territory, like Panthers Jags at once. But Panthers makes sense. Charlotte continues to grow. North Car- North Carolina sure, continues to grow. Sure, but my point is to, to, to do them simultaneously. What a couple hundred miles apart. There are two there's there's one state separating them. I mean Jacksonville's North Florida. You know, two there's Georgia and South Carolina between them and Charlotte. Jacksonville is just. Meanwhile, Florida already had Miami, already had Tampa. They should have done San Antonio. There's enough people there. Bad move. And Urban Meyer. But I mean, listen, I, I, it's all I, worked out for Jacksonville. I mean, they they got the Allens, they've got Bortles, they've got Leonard Fournette, we've got uh, we've got Jalen Ramsey. Okay, let's let's do an over we've under. Got, they've got Minshew Mania. Let's do an over under. I bought in Minshew Mania. Let's do an over. Do you have a Gardner Minshew jersey? No, I should. Do you have a Gardner Minshew like signature headband? Where's Minshew now? Is he still in Jacksonville? No, I don't think so. Where, some, where is Gardner Minshew? You want to look it up? He's somewhere else. Yeah, kind of love this. Okay, I'm going to propose an over-under on Urban Meyer. Two and a half seasons. Gardner Minshew is an American football quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars of the National Football League. Oh, he still is. I'm wrong. I mean, the hair in that quarterback room alone. Two and a half seasons. It's, it's, it's gonna be. It's gonna be like. A, it's gonna be like a hotel room on spring break. Gardner Minshew and Trevor Lawrence is braiding each other's hair. That's a good reference. Thanks. Every white girl gets her hair braided on spring yeah. break. <laughs> yeah. I knew white dudes in my group who got their hair braided. Yeah, I do. I knew there was a guy in my fraternity when we were in Mexico. He got his hair braided. Is spring break still a thing? I mean, yeah. Wasn't that? I mean, I think with spring break in Mexico. I have no idea. I I feel like it is. Good times. I think it, as long as Cancun is still Cancun. I want you to answer my question, though. Urban sure. Meyer, two yeah. and a half seasons. Over. Over. Okay. Five seasons under. So you got him between three and four. Yeah. Fired after the fourth season in Jacksonville. Okay. Still four seasons. That's or like- or or fire fire retire for health reasons. What what are your health reasons? Uh, in four seasons, we won as many games as my last season at Ohio State, 
and and it's making it's giving me uh migraines. it's giving me an ulcer. Yeah. Yeah. The migraines are back. Yeah. The headaches. Yeah. I don't even know what it does what is Urban Meyer's health condition? Headaches? Uh, my pussy hurts. <laughs> <laughs> What is that from? It's a what, Kevin Hart no, thing. No, no, I know, but what is what I have is no the, idea. what is the Kevin Hart thing from? I have no idea. I love it though. <laughs> <laughs> well, Joe, we're gonna talk some NBA. Before we do that, I want to remind all the dirt balls that the spring is here. We're moving into summer. It is the time to get your minimal golf bag. Andy. I I love, you know, we, we talk about our, our long and distinguished partnership with Miller Lite, but, like, this is our new, I mean, minimal golf bag. You take this, I take this golf bag out on the course. I got the speaker. I got the phone charger. I got my face on the side. It's spring year-round in L.A., but it is spring now for the rest of the country. Like, guys, minimal is launching Version 2.0. Again, this is where this is the 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 technology and the modern flavor that this golf bag brings. It's talked about like it's a, the new iPhone. 2.0 comes out May 25th. They're already taking pre-orders for the new bag. Andy, talk about the upgraded features because I know you have a list there. Yeah. So the water to waterproof. I'm sorry, Bluetooth speaker, which was on the original bag, will now have. Two to four more hours of playtime. So that's a huge upgrade. Um, let's see here. What else? They have the a longer battery life, a more durable waterproof speaker, um, a range finder pocket, a pull-out drawer-style ball pocket, larger pocket openings for all pockets, Lifetime stand stabilizer, fingertip pocket opening tabs. So they're adding a lot of stuff. It was already the best bag out there. I love the magnet pockets. I love the the ice, the the cooler pocket that I can fill with beer and ice. It's game changer. I think some people look at me when I show up to these courses. I'll I will put six beers. I'll put an entire six pack and ice into my cooler pocket. And I swear people look at me when I show up and they're like. That dude's bag is dripping water. I'm like, yeah, it is. I got an icy cold six-pack in here. Yeah, so upgrade your golf game, upgrade your golf bag at minimalgolf.com. Once again, that's minimalgolf.com. The new bag comes out May 25th, so put in your pre-orders for the updated bag. They customize it. You can get your own, you know, your favorite team's logo, you can get, you know, I got my face on it. You got the Dirty Sports logo. I'd love to see if anybody else gets the Dirty Sports logo on theirs. Minimal, they're right here in Manhattan Beach. Like, they care about the environment. They make sustainable products. They make all, like, it, it's just such a good company. Like, I wish I wish they were a public so I could buy stock in them. Like, I love these bags. It's got the phone, the patent-pending phone pocket, which... The phone is level to the ground when you put your bag down on legs. I set it up behind me at the range. I really feel like the 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 small improvements I've seen in my game over the last few months are solely because I watched my uh, swing with my 
Minimal Golf Camera Pocket. And if you want to check out, their Instagram is Minimal Golf as well. So you can see all the different features on there as well. So MinimalGolf.com, get your new bag. A great place to golf would be Arizona. Yes, it would. Phoenix. I, I'm, I'm, I, you know, we talked about ballparks and we were going through the ballparks that we have and have not been to. I still have not been to Arizona, which is crazy because I've been in California for over ten years now. It's so close. I we've, like it. We've been down to so many of the minor or the uh, spring training sites there. Uh, Mets are there at the end of May, early June. I want to go golf down there. I want to go to a Diamondbacks game. It's big. I like the stadium. It's big, but I like it. It's right by where the Suns play. Yep. Suns have now clinched a playoff spot. First time in 11 years. They're holding tight on that number two seed. You know, the Suns, over the last few years, they kept being like, ooh, Suns are doing something interesting. Suns are doing something interesting. And then... The Aiton pick at the time was like, ooh, it's, you know, it's interesting. They go Aiton. But Chris Paul, they added to the team this year. I've seen rumblings, and I got to agree. I'm not that big of a Chris Paul fan as a person, but his game speaks for itself. Uh, There's been talk, you know, Chris Paul should be in convo for the MVP. He, he, He makes every team better. Makes every team better. Uh, now playoffs, we'll see what happens in the playoffs, but they're young, they're fun. They're at the top of the, uh, Western conference or, you know, they're the two seed right now. And it's, it was a fast turnaround. I mean, Aiton was the two pick two, three years ago. Yeah. Obviously Booker's great. Yeah. Booker's insane. Booker's like the, you know. Kind of modern day shot getter. Quick turnaround. I mean, the Paul edition, I don't think anyone saw this coming. He greatly improved OKC. Obviously, he was good in Houston. I don't think he gets enough credit. Well, it's funny because I think he flies under the radar. The rumors have always been that he doesn't get along with teammates, that he tends to keep to himself, that he's like, he's not whatever. But then at the same time, his leadership abilities obviously come out on the floor. But you would think that that would take more, you know, and look, this could just be rumors, but, uh, you know, this was always the thing. It's like people don't like Chris Paul. Teammates don't like Chris Paul. Meanwhile, you know, maybe, maybe he's a little Napoleon general. You don't have to like him. You just have to listen to him. But you can't. You, you absolutely can't deny what he has done for, for the Suns team. So, if the playoffs started today, they would play the Portland Trailblazers. Well, they're the two seed, correct? Yeah. So, if the season ended today, you wouldn't know who they'd play because 7, 8, 9, 10 get in us getting a little like... Oh, yeah. I keep forgetting about that. Right. But... Yes, essentially. One of those teams, Portland, Memphis, San Antonio, Golden State, although it would either basically be Portland or Memphis. Where do you see them in the playoffs? The Suns? Yeah. I mean, I think for, you know, obviously we've seen Portland make fun little playoff runs, upset people, but 
Portland, Memphis, I still like Phoenix to win that first round series. So then if everything goes as it should, they would then get a matchup with a winner of the three, you know, sick, like a winner of a Clippers Dallas series, which I think everybody would probably lean toward Clippers right now. Um, that that'll be a fun t- like if that if that's how it works out if it works out Suns Clippers I would lean toward Clippers but I would also think it's going to be a great series and absolutely not rule out the possibility that the Suns win that series because I my problem with the Clippers was their coaching I don't I, and and they got rid of Doc Rivers but I don't think they improved their coaching I have seen I've seen Ty Lue get out coached in 25 playoff games at this point. Like, straight up out coach. Like, I've seen Ty Lue probably on a coaching standpoint lose eight playoff games from coaching alone. So, I don't know. I'd, I'd kind of be rooting for the Suns in, a, in that series. Yeah. That'd be a fun series to go to. That'd be a fucking real fun series to go to. I kind of hope it works out that way. That'd be a fun series. Also, just a, a, a Chris Paul revenge series against the Clippers. Sam Tripoli having to look at the clip the the Chris Paul Clippers jersey hanging in his closet from the year that he predicted that they were going to go eighty one and one. If they don't go eighty one and one. It's because Bill Gates put a microchip in all their brains. You should give him a call. I should give Sam a call? Yeah, give him a call. Okay. Told you I talked to him a couple weeks ago. Yeah. I love Sam. Great guy. Lunatic. (laughs) He seemed in much better. With a reckless and, and, uh, like, I don't, does he, does he do? A sports podcast anymore? He does. I talked to him like three weeks ago. He he seemed in much better spirits. He <laughs> he seemed in much better spirits. Well, he was very he was very nice to me. He he's got a lot of things he's got his hands in. Who is worse at ranking all time basketball players, Sam Tripoli or Doctor J? Did you see this story? Yeah, I don't understand it. Old heads, old. I mean, you're not a doctor in basketball, that's for sure. Stick to podiatry or whatever you got your your uh, doctorate in, Doctor J. He doesn't even have Michael Jordan in his first team. I know. He's like, well, me, Elgin Baylor, and then he's talking super teams, and it's like, I'm pretty sure Doctor J has just the one championship when they add Moses, right? Yeah, he was considered. People said he was on a super team. Yeah, he was on a super team. He's 71 years old. Yeah. So, Dr. J's first team was Oscar Robertson, Jerry West, Elgin Baylor, Will Chamberlain, and Bill Russell. His second team was Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Carl Malone, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Moses Malone, right, is on the Houston Rockets 
well, you know, he's on, he's on the Utah Stars, the Spirits of St. Louis, the Buffalo Braves. Then he's on the Houston Rockets from 76 to 82. In, from 76 to 82, he wins two NBA Most Valuable Players. 83, he joins the Sixers. Sixers. Yeah. That's when Dr. J gets his only championship. Moses Malone wins the NBA Most Valuable Player and the NBA Finals MVP. You just can't take this list seriously. I mean, Dr. J, what what are you doing? Well, it's one of those things too where it's like, I, I swear they're just trying to trigger modern basketball fans. They're I, like, I don't. They're like, let's go find out what this is like when you oh, know. Oh, oh, in that regard, yeah, because I think he genuinely feels this way. I mean, he doesn't genuinely feel that LeBron James is in a top ten basketball player of all time. Dude, he didn't have Michael Jordan on his first team. I know. That's I, what I'm saying. I think he might feel that way. He's 71 years Is old. Is he huffing his own gas in the doctor's office then? Like, Dude, old people say crazy shit. The old heads. Is there worse old head takes? Like, I'm not a hockey guy, so I'd love to hear from you know Kyle Aronofsky or some of the hockey fans. Um, let's get Alexis back on the phone. Do, do old heads do this same thing as well? Or they'd be like Sidney Crosby playing in the in the '90s would get murdered. <laughs> I'd love to see Sidney Crosby without a helmet body check of uh, Gordy Howe, who was playing in the league at 71 years old. <laughs> Doctor J is making this claim at the same age Gordy Howe played his last game in the NHL, and people are like, "How do they?" You know, I'd love to see Alex Ovechkin try to stand up to a Jeff Bookaboom in the '92 playoffs. Basketball old heads are the worst old heads, right? They're the most vocal, and they get the most press. You don't really hear it from the NFL. You don't. You don't hear the guy say, "Oh, Patrick Mahomes could never, ha- never, never handle," you know, Mike Singletary. Try siding arm it while you're wearing a leather helmet, Mahomes. You don't really hear that. Yeah. I feel like they're more appreciative of the generation. Yeah. But yeah, it's always basketball. Yeah. I don't know why. Oh, I know. I, we we've talked we, I've 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 broken this down for you and it is the basis on you know the book that I'm writing and will hopefully publish. If I have to self-publish it like Jameis 101, but the you know the brainwashing of the casual 90s NBA fan by Nike, Gatorade, Haynes, whatever. It's its all a Michael Jordan. I, I get that. But, thing. but I'm talking like the old head players. Yeah. I wouldn't put the brainwashing that. Why Dr. J leaves a list. Like- Huffing his own dental gas, I assume. <laughs> Dude, I, Not a doctor of basketball, that is for sure. I've I've met the guy twice. He's a, he's a he's a nice gentleman. Yeah, he also might have CTE from when he got you know punched in the face by whoever back in the day. I think there is a formula to this. They get him on a podcast like they did. 
He says some wild They're shit. Like, say Elgin Baylor's better than Michael Jordan. He'll get fucking tons of clicks. Yeah. <laughs> he says some wild shit. The wild shit is then in so many different formats, whether it's the audio or the video of the podcast or just the list reposted in every type of way on and Twitter. People buy a lawn sign and say Dr. J isn't a real doctor or Dr. J, like whatever, you know? And then the debate ensues. Yeah. And, and it's d- funny. And it's a debate which, as you know, with the NBA fans, never includes anyone's faces. Right. It's the debate with the guy with the Kobe Bryant profile picture against the guy with the Kevin Durant profile picture against the guy with LeBron's profile picture against the guy whose screen profile name is MJ Goat. Yeah. And all these nerds. La Mickey Mouse. La Fraud. Debate. Yeah. And then Twitter's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. content, 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 interactions. And Sam Tripoli's sitting in a room like the (laughs) flight of the navigator running all of these bots. (laughs) Just some rolling ball. (laughs) Pulling a million puppet strings. It's It's funny because ESPN loves to do this, too. And ESPN did it the other day. I I don't know if you saw the tweet. And I retweeted on Dirty Sports because I knew it would get some... Some reactions and some actions. So you were doing the exact same thing. Well, no, I just saw... You wanted to antagonize... No, no, no. I didn't even want to. I actually... I, I thought I made it pretty clear. Like, I wasn't even... I was attacking the people in the... I was attacking what ESPN had done and, and was in their mentions. And, you know, yeah. I like to... I like... I realize that... Here's one thing. I realize that you are Mr. Social Media, so we have a lot of Dirty Sports Twitter followers that aren't Dirty Sports listeners. But I would have thought that the... The listeners of Dirty Sports, the, the 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 people who are true fans of this show, that we have helped raise their sports intellect to a level where, like, I wasn't going to see some of the replies that I did. But then we ended up getting the replies because the tweet that that ESPN put out was top athlete without a championship. And I opened it up and I was just like, well, I can't believe some of the things I'm seeing under this. And then I was like, Barry Bonds is the correct answer. But if you want to see wrong answers, look at the replies. I meant of ESPN's tweet. And then it was like, then it became a self-fulfilling prophecy. It was like, oh, also, I guess, look at the replies to this, where people will have, like, Griffey and Bo Jackson and whatever. And I'm like, this is insanity. Or, like, Mike Trout. First of all, I love Mike Trout. I'm a Mike Trout stan. But, like, the dude's been, in, the dude's, you know, nine years into the league. Barry Bonds has, you know, double his career war. Like, maybe one day. Maybe one day, but the idea of people like like sh- throwing a Ken Griffey Jr. I love Ken Griffey Jr. too. Also, Barry Bonds' career fucking dwarfs Ken Griffey Jr.'s. This is a wild one that broke 10 minutes ago. Oh, boy. Here we go. From Adam Schefter. Tim Tebow recently reached out to the Jaguars and requested a tryout at the tight end position per sources. He's recently worked out with the Jags tight end coach. No decision has been made. Wow. So you're telling me. What? 10, 11, 12 years later, after everyone said, dude, you can be a good tight end. And he's like, no. I'm going to play baseball. I'm going to play quarterback. Yeah. And then he said, I'm going to play baseball. 
Now he's saying, hey, maybe I should try tight end. Well, if there's anything my mentions have told me, Andy, over the last you know three or four years, it is that a media circus that Tim Tebow brings with him everywhere he goes, combined with his mediocre play and the fact that he regularly knelt on a football field means that no team should ever sign him again. Everywhere he goes, media circus. Play he delivers with that media circus, not good. Football field, his knee come together often. He should not only not be a tight end on the Jaguars, he should never participate in professional sports ever, ever again. That is what I've been told. Media circus plus mediocre play equals unhirable. Now, this would, of course, be the fifth team that signed him if they sign him. Six if you include the baseball team that signed him. So, obviously, that is not proven true. But let's just agree. Tim, Like, the idea of Tim Tebow Tim, 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 Tim is what? 31? 30, 33. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here, Tim Tebow. Will you go away? Yeah. You know, I said this recently about him with the Mets. He's an he's kind of an asshole. And, and to me, this would show. Again, I mean, look at the responses. Schefter tweeted this 12 minutes ago. This is already on fire. It's, think about it. You have a new coach, a coach that you played for, a coach that you won two titles with as a player. You're almost stealing the thunder. God, I found myself defending Urban Meyer. This is crazy. You're almost stealing the thunder from the first-year head coach and Trevor Lawrence by doing this. Are you not? How are you not? This now suddenly is a whole other side story. It's kind of an asshole hey, look at me thing. The same way I felt he did with the Mets and suddenly wanted to play baseball. The idea of him coming in and playing at 33 after not playing professional football for, what, seven, eight years is ludicrous. I mean, also just like, again, the media firestorm that he brings with him everywhere, it seems like a letter like a classified, you know, shadow letter should be sent to from Roger Goodell to all owners saying, listen, not only should the Jaguars not hire him, but no one should hire him. He wouldn't bring a media circus now. <laughs> Schefter tweeted it like it's already going crazy. I guess we're talking about it. I mean, 100 percent. If Tebow shows up to camp, it is a media circus. If Tim Tebow shows up, to Jaguars training camp, there will be more recorders, more phones, more cameras outside of his locker day one than outside Trevor Lawrence's. Well, maybe you're right. He's already the number two trend. It was tweeted 12 minutes ago. He's the number yeah. two trend in the country on Twitter. And listen, I I know, I'm assuming, and I cannot wait to get on Twitter to look for it, but I'm assuming a lot of Twitter profiles whose pictures are a guy sitting behind the wheel of their truck wearing wraparound sunglasses and a heavily bent, you know, camouflage brim hat are raging right now about how he needs to go away. He was a mediocre. He disrespected the game of football and his 
the firestorm that he would bring with him showing up is not worth his trash play. I am here for you guys. I know you have American flags in your bios, I, and I know that but you, you are. But you see, you're, you're getting worked. I think you're focusing on the wrong thing, man. No, I'm focusing on exactly the right thing. The, the bullshit argument people make when they don't want to make the argument they really want to make is I know, Tim but, Tebow. I know, but let's like like to me that that's that has nothing to do with what's happening here. Again, my take is that he's just kind of selfish. He wants to be in the right. spotlight. And what I'm saying is if he gets signed, just know he won't get signed. Every argument, even if he gets a tryout, if he gets a tryout on a NFL field, if he gets a tryout, just know every argument that's ever been made, that quality of play plus media firestorm brought with it is not worth is not worth it is out the window. Because Tim Tebow brings media with him everywhere the guy is plays terrible sports. And he got signed by four NFL teams. He is the argument against the idea that people don't want to sign low upside, high media presence players. That he is he is the poster child against that argument. I'd be shocked if they signed him. Would you be shocked if they gave him a tryout? Would you be shocked if he would you be shocked if five days from now, post NFL draft, you see Trevor Lawrence throwing passes to Tim Tebow. I would look. Obviously, he has the Urban Meyer connection, and I'm sure that goes deep because Urban recruited him. You know those those bonds. You see it. Those guys are ride or die. I mean, look at Dabo Sweeney with Deshaun Watson, which, by the way, not hearing much from that anymore. Is it just me? Well, has there been breaking news on that lately? It was last week that one of the girls went on the record. Not hearing too much. Well, the NFL's great at hiding criminals. But my point that. is these college coaches are pretty ride or die, especially the quarterbacks they recruit. So I guess I wouldn't be shocked if he got a tryout. But if I'm Urban Meyer, that's not how you want to start off. You look like a buffoon. You're trying out a guy who has been dabbling in media, baseball, and now suddenly decides he wants to play football again. If I'm on that roster, if I just I'm, see John Elway's uh, GM career waking up like the Undertaker out of a coffin, he's like, he's willing to play tight end. Right. If you're on that team, you're saying, get get out of here, man. Yeah. That's that's not a good look for your players. Well, Joe, I'm starving. I'm not gonna lie. Great. Can we go get some breakfast? Yeah. Let's do it. It's a little late. It's noon. Anyway, I'll leave I'll leave you with my final point that was cut off by the media firestorm that is Tim Tebow. Barry Bonds is the greatest athlete without a championship. There is no argument otherwise. No one else in any other sport is a top three player in the history of their sport without a championship. Well, that word athlete is Was that the question? That's where it gets yeah, but then what is that? Like we're talking about championship, then what's a championship? What's a like I know, I'm just saying yeah. like like Bo Jackson you could argue is a better athlete than Barry Bond. He played two sports professionally. All right, you could or you could argue uh, you know, Caitlyn Jenner is a better athlete than all of them. 
Caitlin for governor. <laughs> That's what I'm leaving you on. You want an athlete without a championship? I mean, he has a championship, obviously. She, he, she. I'm not. Cancel, 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 canceled. Bruce does. Yeah, which I don't want to trigger my manager. <laughs> but Caitlin, Caitlin Jenner for governor, just to trigger people. Yeah, baby, yeah. I got a title, baby. That's going to be fun. That's going to be fun for you out here. Oh, yeah. The, the, it's, all, it's all fun for me out here. The recall election. Because I remember when they did it last time, I was still in high school. I'm sorry, high school, college. And I remember watching the shit show with Arnold and... Ron Jeremy and Roseanne and like... The porn star Mary Carey. Yeah. And our little our little fellow. Vern Troyer? What you talk about, Willis? Oh, yeah. Arnold. Rip Arnold. What's his name again? Gary Coleman. Gary Coleman. Yeah, that's going to be fun. Tim okay. Tebow also, uh, Schefter just announced Tim Tebow is also throwing his hat in the ring for that. Doesn't surprise me. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Dirty Sports. Drop an iTunes review, and I will send you koozies when I get back to Ohio. Leave your social media handle in that review or email me at andyruther45 at gmail.com. Guys, I hope you haven't uh, stopped listening just because we got to the plug section because I got some plugs. St. Louis, next weekend, uh, May 7th and 8th, I'll be hosting some of the shows at Helium Comedy Club. Was coming to town anyway, coming to the, for the Mets Cardinals series, amongst other things. But while I'm there, going to host some shows at Helium in St. Louis. Also going to be at the Thursday day game uh, for Mets Cardinals. Might throw in an earlier game in the week, depending on what day DeGrom day is. Uh, poor Jacob DeGrom. Free Jacob DeGrom. Trade him to the Cardinals while he's there. For God's sakes, let this man get a win. Um, I've also got shows in San Francisco coming up, Alaska, San Diego, Sh- comedy's back. Shows are getting booked. JoePrano.com. All the shows there. Follow me on social media at fix your life on Twitter at Joe Prano and everything else. And that's all for me, Andy. Cool. All right, guys. Enjoy the NFL draft. Enjoy your weekend. Stay smart. Stay safe. And as always stay dirty.